listening to the Nutmeg Arena by the Nutmeg Assist. Hello guys and welcome to yet another episode of the TNA podcast brought to you by the Nutmeg Assist. Today in this Indian football special episode I am joined by Hari a journalist at Kale now. Welcome to the episode Hari. Hi Rithik. Thank you. Yeah it's it's nice talking Indian football once again a couple of weeks back I spoke to Nevin Yeah. yeah. So let's get into it straight away then. I mean, we will be discussing three things today, but starting off with uh, one of those news which didn't get too much attention, but is being talked about in the English media as well. So it is uh, the United World who owns Sheffield United taking over a club from Kerala. who were known as Quartz FC before but they've rebranded or renamed as Calicut Kerala United sorry so they've been renamed as Kerala United now so they are the fourth club to be completely owned by the United World Group who owns Sheffield United BS Scott from the Belgian Pro League who is on top of the table there they also own Al Hilal United as well from Asia and Kerala United being the fourth club now so that's a really interesting project and Richard Sutcliffe from the Athletic wrote an article on the United World yesterday and he explained in detail how how good the hierarchy is how well the planning is being done so hari what do you think about the move having you know having a lot of knowledge on football in Kerala and India in general yeah. Well, uh, when you speak about Kerala, when you speak about uh, the background of Kerala United, or I would say Quartz FC, uh, you would also agree when I, you would also probably agree when I say they don't have much of a history in uh, Kerala football as of now. So they are okay. one of the, I mean, uh, Kerala, the we see the Kerala Premier League every season. So there are a bunch of clubs that play in the KPL. and um, you know uh, quartz fc also being one among them they have not really risen to you know the prominent levels of kerala football yet so with 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 the united world taking over uh, kerala uh, quartz fc and renaming it as kerala united i actually see a lot of promise in this particular uh, takeover so so like you said uh, i was also uh, you know i also read richard sutcliffe's article on uh, the athletic yesterday so all the information that uh, all or most of the information that i have on the topic right now come from uh, that article only because see i would be able to talk about kerala united uh, and you know their uh, local kind of ambitions and aspirations but but uh, to understand this takeover more clearly i think we should take a look at the bigger picture which is clearly being given by sutcliffe here as he talks to you know united world's uh, representatives from uh, different parts of the world so if you if you uh, so first things first if you take a look at kerala united's local ambitions as of now uh they'll be playing in the kerala premier league next uh, i mean this year uh, this season which uh, the league kerala premier league is supposed to happen between february and march there is no final date that has been decided yet but i am thinking based on you know the current plans and discussions that are going on within kerala football association and among the different teams that are participating 
I think the KPL this season will take place between February and March next year. So, as of now, KPL United will be playing in the KPL. Uh, they have already signed over 20 players. That's how, that's how much I can understand. I've, I've learned that they've signed uh, 20 or more. They have actually signed more than 20 players so far. They're, uh, they're also looking at more players right now. So, yeah. So, that includes their short-term ambitions uh, for this season and maybe the next season. In the next season, I think with the I-League second division happening once again, they will look to get a chance to play in the I-League second division. And from there, they would try to gain entry into the higher leagues by merit. That's what a club spokesperson told me when I approached him and I asked him about this a few weeks ago. They're not looking for corporate entry into the I-League or the ISL as of now. They are just looking to find a way to enter the I-League second division and take it from there. So that's about their local ambitions. Uh, but then, uh, you know, uh, with a big brand, which includes the likes of Sheffield United coming behind the scenes, I think this is, a, a, you know, a great move for Indian football in particular. Because uh, as, you, as you have probably read from the article in The Athletic, they are not only looking at, uh, you know, uh, taking over a particular club here and doing business out of it. They are also looking at developing football inside our state, inside our country. They are looking into uh, developing players here and maybe even take them out and play, help let them play in the Belgian league where they have a club or even in Sheffield United. That includes their long-term dreams. And, uh, you know, um, from what I feel, I feel this is a good ambition to have. Uh, players joining Kerala United will always have this larger aim, you know, for them to focus on. They will have this opportunity to not only impress in our state or in the country, they will also have an opportunity to try their luck in the various football leagues in Europe, which is a big thing because, you know, Europe is the hotbed of world football right now. Anybody who is a tried and tested talent in Europe is is like a big thing in world football right now. So I think with, uh, based on, yeah, based on uh, what I've seen and heard and read about this takeover and this involvement of United World and Sheffield United and all in Kerala United's business, I think they are, uh, as of now, they are going in the right direction. Absolutely. And I mean, it was mentioned in the article that if a player from Kerala would someday make it into the Sheffield United squad, that would be gold mine. That would be, you know, the right. That would be the gold mine uh, of the whole project. But I, I would probably go as far as saying that if if a player from Kerala or India makes it into Europe, not necessarily Sheffield United, even the even clubs like BS Scott, etc., I think that would be jackpot in itself because that's what Indian football needs. They have to probably yes. step up and probably play in foreign leagues where they compete more, uh, compete at a higher level, and that's how the national team would improve, in my opinion, as well. So, yeah, that, that's a really good explanation from yourself on... On, on the things at Kerala United. Moving on now to the usual topic, 
the hot topic basically the ISL season couple of weeks ago i spoke with nevin about potential players uh, who who potential indian players who would be surprises this season but today we'll speak about the season so far probably the surprising teams or the underwhelming teams after i mean i think most clubs have played three games already i guess apart from east bengal i guess everyone's played three games so east bengal sit at the bottom two games two losses you saw robbie fowler moaning about uh, the lack of uh, ability or potential in indian players which i felt was a little naive but we'll come to that but atk mohan bagan three games three wins zero goals conceded antonio habas at his best and roy krishna is delivering with those crucial goals again so hari uh, from what you've seen so far i know it's not a huge sample but from what you've seen so far uh, who do you think are the surprise teams or who do you think have performed more than what was expected and who do you think has kind of started poorly um to answer your first question about the surprise teams this season uh, i think i i don't think there's i i i mean i'm confused between hyderabad sc and northeast united sc to be honest so before the season began i was always you know as a journalist uh, uh, as as a person who is working in this field i i have been asked this question many times i've been asked to make a you know top for a top, top for a list uh, to predict my top four uh, people i mean clubs in the isl this season and my prediction included atk mohan bagan mumbai city fc fc goa and bengaluru fc Uh, at the same time i was also asked who would finish at the bottom of the table given their transfer activity and all that i used to feel uh, you know uh, clubs like hyderabad fc and northeast united fc may be there among the clubs who who know who you know would finish at the bottom of the bottom four or uh, three or four places in the table so but then they have played three matches so far both teams have played three matches so far both of them are yet to lose uh, so they have uh, they have clearly been the surprise package for me in the isl so far this season speaking about uh, teams that have begun poorly well uh, uh, coming from kerala i always have a certain level of expectations from kerala blasters which has not been fulfilled yet uh then there's fc goa and uh, also odisha fc i i am a i am a fan of kerala blasters uh, and odisha fc you know if you if not a fan really but then if you ask me to pick my favorite clubs from the isl it would be it would be kerala blasters and odisha fc so both these teams uh, they have they have yet to they are yet to win a game uh there's fc goa as well and i think these two three are the clubs who i feel have you know begun poorly this season bengaluru fc would also have been included uh, in the uh, in this list had they not won against chennai fc today but then thanks to a goal from sunil chetri they won and now they are at third place so i think they are all good for now yeah i mean we, we are recording this podcast on friday so we are speaking uh, speaking about the teams as as it is right now 
So, I mean, like you said, there are actually five teams who have not won a single game as of now. Jamshedpur, Goa, Blasters, Kerala Blasters, uh, Odisha and East Bengal. And Robbie Fowler mentioned about, you know, it was a very controversial statement about Indian footballers. So, what what, what do you make out of that? Do you think uh, do you think there's some substance to it or do you think it's just Robbie Fowler being frustrated completely? <laughs> well, it's um, I think it was uh, you know a bit you know uh, a bit too much. If I am being uh, very frank about it, uh, I I really did not expect such a statement to come from Robbie Fowler. He uh, he said uh, Indian players, the Indian players in his squad may have you know lacked coaching, something of that sort. That's what he said. May may not have been coached properly all this while. That's what he said. Uh, but then I felt it was a bit too much because uh, you know uh, first of all Robbie uh, Fowler, you know he came into the uh, East Bengal setup. When he came into the setup, he probably should have uh, you know been informed. He probably would have been informed, and he probably would have understood of the kind of situation that the club is uh, was undergoing at that time they had uh, you know a lot of problems they were like they entered the ISL in the very last minute so they were in search for reinforcements uh, they had a very little time to uh, complete all their objectives so yeah so i think robbie fowler would have been informed of the uh, shortcomings in his squad which included a mediocre Indian talent pool, to be honest. It, it is, in fact, a mediocre talent pool. When you look at other clubs and their Indian players, and when you look at East Bengal and their own set of Indian players, I feel East Bengal does not have, you know, enough ISL, East Bengal players do not have much ISL quality in them. So, yeah. So, uh, but then as a coach, uh, while he, uh, you know, uh, comes into the setup, he probably should have, uh, or uh, he was probably should have thought of ways to overcome this problem. Uh, so that's what he should have done, according to me. Uh, uh, but uh, but he, he just after losing the second game, he goes on blaming his own players for the uh, you know uh, for the two defeats. Uh, I felt that's a bit too much coming from him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's it's more of uh, peak Mourinho style where you throw your own players under the bus. And that too, very early into the season. So, that will be a huge blow for the players' uh, players' morale as well, I feel. So, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's probably a bit too much or way too much, to be honest, so early into the season. But, I mean, this podcast would be incomplete if you don't speak about Kerala Blasters. There are a lot of Blasters fans uh, who would like, who'd like us to speak about Blasters. So... The game against athlete, I mean, ATK Mohan Bagan was quite okay. Um, I think I think a lot of people have big expectations from Sahal this season. He didn't really shine in that game. Was left out of the next game as well. And athlete, I mean, ATK Mohan Bagan won the game. Roy Krishna scoring that decisive goal, and it was uh, courtesy of a mix-up from a couple of our players as well. But we kept possession. We didn't move the ball very fast, Blasters. But as the seasons progressed in the next two games, I think they played comparatively better. Even against Northeast United, I think the game was really good. But 
they consider a late late equalizer to northeast who are the team that we are going to discuss next but again uh, kibu vikuna is 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 a manager who's known who's known to you know play possession football who likes to who likes his team to keep a uh, lot of lot of the ball he who wants uh, his team to move the ball quickly and transition it well but star man gary hooper you see him asking for a lot of service which he is apparently not receiving so you see him dropping deep way too often as well so do you think kibu has found the right formation or the right or or, or the right shape for the team well um, speaking about kerala blasters uh, uh, i think i think kibu vikurnia as a manager uh, you know before uh, i i had this kind of thought before the season itself i uh, and i continue to think that way i feel that kibu vikurnia as a manager is going to uh benefit kerala blasters very well uh but then uh, there uh, have been you know uh, the side has looked a bit rusty in the last three games uh like you said we we i think i i i actually think we were the better side against both atk mohan bagan and uh, you know uh, uh, and Ch- chennai nfc against northeast united i felt it was more of a you know a game of two halves we were uh, like very we did very well in the first half uh, did not do well in the second half so i felt we had uh, we had good games you know you know in all of these uh, matches uh, but then things like uh, our inability to finish uh, or you know finish chances in the final third uh, those kinds of problems hit us so in terms of formation i think the 4231 style that kibu vikunia generally follows is good enough for kerala blasters current setup but then uh, since he is a guy is based on what i've seen from his days with mohan bagan uh, he's not a guy who you know sticks to one kind of formation one set of players he is open to finding the uh, right guys to play his play his style of game is open to uh, you know uh, make various kinds of adjustments on the field and in his lineup so i think maybe in the coming days we might see vikunia switch from 4231 to a 442 because like you said uh, gary hooper gary hooper uh, clearly is like one of the i mean on paper he is one of the best strikers in the league right now there's no doubt about it but then he has not really found his scoring boot so far he drops a bit too deep into the midfield like you said uh, he is not getting enough service um, i think that attributes to you know the kind of player that hooper is uh, so throughout hooper's career he has played over to uh, 500 he has played close to 500 matches so far he scored over 200 goals uh, throughout his career so far hooper plays as a target man he plays uh, in the only in the attacking third he waits for those balls to reach him and he scores he finds he puts himself in a position to score and he finds the net that's the kind of player that he has been so far in his career but because of him playing as a lone striker up front and because of people playing behind him like sahal or facundo pereira or maybe even jordan jordan murray in the first game for some time uh, 
these guys they were not able to uh, give i mean create chances for hooper and help him score so maybe in the coming days we'll see uh, vikunya switch from a 4231 to a 442 maybe pair hooper up with another uh, forward player like uh, jordan mare we haven't seen him in the starting 11 so far yet i think his time for to uh, you know try in uh, try him in the starting 11 is uh, far due he should be there in the starting 11 and i think so mm, yeah so i think he'll be there in the starting 11 alongside hooper sometime soon uh, and vikunya will play a 442 uh, so the one drawback if you if you uh, when when you talk about hooper the one drawback that he has is his pace i think you've seen him uh, in the matches uh, that he's yeah. played so far he's uh, he's not a very quick forward so if if he is available in the attacking third all the time with uh, uh, with another striker paired up alongside him making all the quick runs into the box and uh, creating chances and all that i think hooper can score and uh, win matches for kerala blasters so in terms of formation the another formation that i would be looking forward to is 4442 Uh, but till um, it, it's up to the coach. Uh, I am not sh- uh, as of now. I am not really sure if he'll be ready to change the whole formation of the team to ad- adopt. Uh, you know, uh, to help Uper find a scoring uh, back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the main things that the Blasters are missing is proper creativity and so that the service that they need to put. uh forward to Gary Hooper because he's someone who like you said he's someone who gets into the right areas inside the box scores those goals his finishing is really remarkable uh, i think it was dr mukherjee uh, who 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 posts data amazing data visits on twitter so he he had actually posted a vis uh, highlighting gary hooper's finishing ability during his time in australia so that was really superb as well so i think he's someone who who relies Little too much on service, and his movement is also really good. So, I think you have to you have to actually complement that with good service, good creativity from the middle, which is what I think the Blasters are missing. And coming on to the final topic of this episode, Hadi, which is Gerard Nos and Northeast United. Gerard Nos Casanova is his full name, and he is a Casanova, good-looking guy who 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 is who is super stylish and very. passionate i mean i had a look at his career uh, earlier today and i saw that i mean i i knew that he he was part of liverpool in some fashion so he was actually uh, he started out as a conditioning coach at liverpool then he was uh, the manager of the youth team at liverpool while rafa benitez was at liverpool uh, managing the senior team then another big big club he managed on, or he was part of was brighton Uh, as head of academy coaching and Gus Poyet, he he worked closely with Gus Poyet, who was the manager of the senior team there. And I think probably his uh, biggest uh, you know partnership was with Avram Grant at Ghana, the Ghana national team, Ghanaian national team. He worked as the assistant manager there to Avram Grant for I think 20 to 30 games, if I'm not wrong. Then he had a few spells in Spain and Kazakhstan, etc. before. now signing for northeast united as their manager and i think it has been 
quite good so far. The start has been quite good. I think the game against Kerala Blasters really, really stood out to me because they played well. They created a lot of chances. I think they should have comfortably won the game uh, based on the chances they created. I think one of the penalty decisions actually went against them as well. And they scored one freaking amazing goal to Atien, which broke the Blasters' hearts with, because it was the equalizer. And he he's a manager who relies on good tempo. I think his team his team plays in a, at a good tempo, wants to pass it around, builds it so well. I mean the build up is so good as well, and I think they're very pleasing to watch. So Hari, I mean I I, I don't think the, the, there was a lot of hype on Gerardo's, and especially Northeast United. I don't think it's a club that has a lot of hype because. Uh, I mean, because of various reasons, obviously, they don't, like, sign a huge, huge star name as such. I mean, they, they've had players like Asamoah Jan, obviously. But, again, I, I don't think Northeast United are a team that gets too much hype in the ISL every season. So, are you happy with the way they started and what are your thoughts on Gerard Nuss? Um, Like I said some time ago, uh, very happy with Northeast United's performance so far. Like, uh, I, I already told you, I did not expect them in the top four. But it's it's still early days. I'll tell you that. It's still early days. Um, I'm still not sure if they'll maintain this tempo and finish in the top four by the end of the league, uh, league stage. But still, they've started off really well. They've given, given you know, fans this impression that, uh, yeah, they're trying their best to stay in this position. They're trying their best to, you know, um, get rid of their demons, whatever they are. They, uh, you know, the ISL have had six seasons so far. The, the only once did they they finished in the top four, I think, in the 2018-19 season under Ilko Shatori. So uh, other other times they have not finished in the top four. So I think uh, Gerard Nuss and his uh, set of players are here to make a statement, and they have done. A lot of it already. So if you speak about Gerard news, uh, well, uh, first of all, I should tell you, I, I was really not aware of the Casanova part of his name, but he, yeah, he 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 has been, you know, uh, he has been amazing so far. That's the uh, that's the shortest kind of uh, description or that's the shortest feedback that I can give you about him. They had three games so far, right? They had one against Kerala Blasters. They played their first match against uh, Mumbai City FC and then they played against FC Goa. So the match against Mumbai City FC, uh, they uh, created like, they, 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 they um, you know, uh, Mumbai City FC, if you speak about Mumbai City FC, they have a lot of glamorous names, glamorous ISL stars who have already proved their worth in India, uh, like uh, Hugo Bumu, they have Ahmad Jahu, um, uh, of course, there is uh, Bart Ogbeche, uh, and then there are new guys like uh, Adam Lefondre, who comes with the you know name of being the A League top scorer and all. So they have a lot of glamorous names, and of course, not to forget Sergio Lobera, who uh, played a very important role in FC Goa's dominant run last season for a greater part of the season. He was with the team, and they did well. So, yeah, so with Mumbai City FC, with Mumbai City FC, you always think, wow, yeah, they are the team to beat in the ISL this season. They are the, you know, 
winning against them or playing you know when you score goals against them that shows that you have quality so you get these kind of feelings and uh, but when you saw when i saw northeast united playing against mumbai city fc i was really really happy because um looking at their game they were displaying so much discipline on the ball they played with a lot of patience they did not uh, you know make mistakes when they lost their ball, lost the ball possession they did not you know uh, uh, take risks they 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 i think they had a perfect idea of what to do at every situation gerard knows might have uh, spoken to them about every possible situation they uh, and speaking after the game no said exactly that they had a plan they focused on themselves and they delivered that's what he said and uh, we saw the same against uh, kerala blasters as well kerala blasters played very well in the first half they raced to a 2-0 lead they would have scored one more had it not been for gary hooper's uh, poor finishing uh, but then in the second half the manner in which they came back it was amazing uh, i think uh, you know uh, you could call them the mentality monster i mean uh, when i call them the mentality monsters of the isl this season again i might be uh, crossing some limits because well only th- uh, they have played only three games so far but still the kind of mentality that they've shown so far this season i think they deserve to be called that so against fc goa also they uh, showed the same thing they displayed a terrific mentality you know the kind of uh, problems that happened in the sidelines during the game uh, neither the manager nor the team were affected if you look at fc goa they were clearly affected by uh, you know the stuff that happened on the sidelines you had uh, their coach juan ferrando fighting against noos you had alberto nogueira in uh, you know acting up at one situation and pushing noos down so you had stuff like that the players of fc goa were clearly affected by uh northeast united style of uh, gameplay they were not able to uh, capitalize on their chances they were not able to take an advantage over uh, northeast united and they were getting affected northeast on the other hand they played very patiently they played with a lot of discipline they held on to the ball when they could and when they lost the ball they pressed uh, they pressed well and they tried to get back the ball but still they did not commit anything rashly uh, i think that's terrific football from gerard noos uh, you know it could be you know uh, with sergio lobera the likes of sergio lobera uh, then maybe carl squadrat these people have come to india they came to india a while ago they have all they are already established names in indian footballing circles they have a certain brand of football that you know fans in general associate them with i think gerard noos could be the next new name in this list uh, if he is uh, if he manages to be fairly successful this season and earn another year or two with northeast united i think he will go on and become a brand by himself in indian football that's what i feel this is my first impression on him yeah most certainly and i think uh, i th- i also think that he has the potential to probably manage in europe someday because there is a certain uh, charisma that he displays uh, on the t- uh, on the sidelines and i think the way that 
he he i mean the way that he displays his charisma that translates onto his plays as well like you said the mentality to come back against blasters that they was terrific and also the way they came back was was pretty right. amazing so yeah that brings us to the end of this episode thank you so much for joining in harry thank you rithvik uh, this was a brilliant opportunity for uh, myself uh, too so i hope we can do this sometime uh, you know uh, on another occasion as well definitely definitely 100% sure so finally thanking all our patrons and listeners as well for tuning into this episode more of the same indian football biweekly episodes you're going to hear from us again you're going to hear hadi from hadi again sometime soon so until then take care bye bye